I'm Jackson Licka, and welcome to this episode of our 2017 Precision Farming Dealer podcast series. Today's program, Defining a Precision Dealer Network, is once again being brought to you by Farmer's Edge. If this is your first time tuning in, I'd encourage you to subscribe to this series, currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. Or if there's another app you prefer for listening to podcasts, let us know. We'll make every effort to get it listed here as well. And by subscribing, that will allow you to get an alert when upcoming episodes in this series are released, and also an opportunity to go back and check out episodes from our 2016 series. We'd also urge you to mark your calendars and plan to attend the upcoming Dealership Mind Summit, August 1st and 2nd in Omaha, Nebraska. The theme of this dealer-only event is Roadmap to Mastering Equipment Remarketing and will feature a mix of general sessions, panel presentations, and roundtable discussions. Space is limited, and you can visit www.dealershipmindsummit.com for more information and updates. Thanks again to Farmer's Edge, proud to partner with dealers across the United States to unlock exceptional opportunities for their farm customers. Through innovative technology and field-centric tools, their whole farm smart solution will strengthen your platform and enhance your customer relations. Grow opportunities for your customers and become a representative for Farmer's Edge today. Visit them at FarmersEdgeUSA.com slash become a representative or call them at 952-582-1398. Well, as the precision farming industry continues to evolve, so too is the role and responsibilities of those charged with selling, servicing, and supporting farm technology. Acquisitions, partnerships, and consolidation are drivers of change in the precision business, along with a transition toward more agronomic offerings to complement established product lines. These factors are influencing, both directly and indirectly, how suppliers are developing their precision dealer networks for the future. At this year's National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville, I had the opportunity to talk with a diverse mix of manufacturers about the changing dynamics of precision dealer networks. In today's Precision Farming Dealer podcast, brought to you by Farmer's Edge, we share excerpts from those company conversations with perspectives on the past, present, and future definition of precision dealers. We start with a perspective from Greg Sauter, founder of 360 Yield Center, who talked about the growing separation of early adopters and the average precision customer and why dealers are instrumental in closing that gap. So, you know, uh, 360 Yield Center, we're in a unique position. Um, Cindy and I had come out of precision planning for 19 years and we had a lot of independent dealers and we really focused on like the seat, professional seedsmen because we believe they were always first into the farm. And in November, they would be in talking about seed order. They would also be talking about their planter awareness. So now at 360, being a nitrogen company, we followed that same, same pattern. And we were really fortunate. We had a lot of those good dealers come over. So we, we have probably at this time about 300 uh, independent dealers. And they would be from ag consultants to ag retailers to even, um, even independent seedsmen yet. At the same time, 
we had an opportunity with a large OEM, John Deere, that came and said for the first time they were wanted to do an allied agreement, which really means they were going to have our technology represent through their distribution network. What an opportunity for us, because we feel like now we can do two things really well. We can have that professional storefront where they have a really good sound, you know, parts, service, and sales team, but we also have that home field touch of the farm gate where the independent that really is good friends with many growers can come in. So for 360, it's the optimum for us, and we feel so fortunate. So we feel the responsibility to bring the precision technology and nitrogen to the, to the marketplace through this distribution network which works really well, Jack. With the niche you guys kind of are carving out here, um, how, do, how have you seen just in the short time, uh, you know, you guys have kind of built your network here, have you seen things evolve and transition? Because I know, you know, especially when you're talking kind of the technology side and how integrated that is with so many other things now, um, you know, whether it's it's data or, you know, machinery. And, right. Um, there's a lot of pieces of that puzzle now, and, and it seems to be kind of changing, you know, almost... Well, it, it changes almost weekly when you think about where well, we're talking precision placement and and when we you know use a lot of data and knowledge always drives the correct decision with the farmer and so the iPad has just become absolutely paramount to to getting the right data collected in the, in the right so whether you're using a prescription and it's almost any more foot by foot as, as we go and we apply inputs and nitrogen being the second highest input next to seed it becomes really, really important. So I like the mix of distribution we have. It really falls back on 360 to do a good job of training. So all winter long, almost every week, we're holding training seminars. We'll bring the dealer in for a day and a half of intense hands-on training. And uh, so they understand the monitor systems. They understand how to do the inputs into the monitors. And so it's worked well. Um, it really builds a lot of relationship. And that way, when we get into the heart of the busy season, we have a great relationship. Our product support can know them by first name, and it, it works well. What, what do you see as maybe one of the bigger challenges uh, on the horizon, you know, as far as kind of uh, developing and defining that network? Well, you know, I think uh, the biggest challenge we're going to have is make sure all the folks inside that dealership have the knowledge they need so when that grower walks in and he has a question even just before he's even purchased you know why would I we're, we're in an interesting times you know I had a farm wife tell me she goes we are spending nothing this year on technology and I smiled at her and I said I understand what you're saying they had met with their banker and their line of credit but I said at the same time can you afford not to and that being Jack the return on investment we can't change a 350 corn market this year. You know, last year I looked back at our own farm records and we had 15 days we could have sold for over $4. So it is a tough time, but at the same time, we have to change. If, if the farm family is going to stay, you know, intact and profitable, we have to get better at what we're doing. And it's the technology we're talking about, precision ag, that's going to make the difference. And so my quest to her was, I understand you don't want to spend a dime. But the return on investment, I'm not sure her banker wouldn't be telling her, you better invest, otherwise you're gonna go backwards. And so many farmers are walking this hall here this week, you know, there's some of the best farmers in the world here. There is quite a difference, and my concern is this. I'm seeing a separation. The really aggressive early adapters in technology, 
they're moving quite a ways ahead of let's say our average grower. And my quest and our challenge to my team has been, how do we make sure this deviation difference and profitability, we bring that average grower that's maybe not even looking for technology, how do we bring him up into that realm? We cannot let the separation get any wider. And so I see it, I struggle with it from that aspect. I want everybody to be profitable. I want every farm family to have a great year. And so that's the quest we're on. And I think you folks do a great job of, of giving that information out. Hey, here's what you gotta be looking at. Last question would just be, um, how do you kind of define kind of your, your network today? And then what do you maybe see as some of the the trends or, or influencers of how that may evolve in the years to come? You know, I look at when we design technology, and it's, it's expensive. I mean, we spend millions of dollars in innovation. You know, um, we have 20 engineers on board, and, and there's a lot of costs there. And so we sit down, my son Tim and I drive R&D, and we say, okay, where's the trend, and what, what should we be working on? Because you're always two, three years from introducing it out of the pipeline. And the things that we're looking at are things that I consider to be game changers these are things that are going to directly influence the bottom line in ag. We have got to become more profitable. You know, there's land selling in our home area. And I can tell you, it has not come down in central Illinois. In fact, it, I would think you'd be hard-pressed to say it's dropped 10%. And so you look at that, and I talk to young farmers, and they say, Greg, I want to grow my farm, but there's no way I can compete. And I feel that anxious in them. So, your and my job is. You inform and we design technology that can change that. And that's a challenge. Um, we're going to get better and better at how we record and input data. I think the next big step is where we have farmers that, just like professional businesses, start to share input with each other and we become really good at what we do. And if we can get to where we trust each other enough to do that, that's going to make quite a difference. And it's going to fine-tune our decision-making. You know, you look at an agronomist that works with 100 farmers, his learning curve is straight up. A farmer only gets 50 swings at the bat in his lifetime. And so, agronomist that's working with 100 different farm operations sees and learns a lot. Let's do that as individuals. Let's start to figure out how we pool data, share it, trust each other, and then get the right results out of that. I think that's really the next big step. Whether that's by how we buy inputs, whether that's how we record data, well, that's how we make uh, purchase it, you know, decisions. We also caught up with Joe Michaels, Global Director of Precision Solutions for CNH, who touched on the migration of a singular precision specialist to a more integrated approach to technology support within dealerships. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about the, uh, the distribution and specifically about North America here. And uh, by far, most of my experience over the last 32 years has been with North American distribution. And um, I think what I've learned uh, above all is it doesn't matter what you're trying to offer to the producers out there, it's that local representation that makes it or breaks it. And, uh, and they really, you know, as our customer at CNH, they really define uh, what we need to do to help support them and to be their supplier of choice. 
And when it comes to precision solutions, you know, we understand that in different parts of North America, different things are important. Um, you know, in a lot of the upper Midwest and a lot of the specialty crops, for over 20 years, you know, precision farming has been pretty important. It really started off with uh, yield monitors. You know, the old saying, if you want to improve, the first thing you got to do is measure. Uh, I think holds true to that. And we see yield monitoring uh, getting into more and more parts of the business today. Uh, certainly 20 years, 25 years ago, it was already available on grain combines. Well, just recently, we've introduced it on sugarcane harvesters. And again, once you open up people's eyes to the fact that there is that amount of variability in their farms, in their fields, the next thing they want to do something about it, right? And that is the natural progression of precision farming that our dealers have asked us to work with them to provide solutions for. And, you know, the, the dealers themselves, um, I think, are, are going through a, a series of developments and maturation on this also. Uh, I think it started off early on that uh, some of the, the monitoring equipment and the early guidance systems, there, there typically was one salesperson uh, that maybe specialized in it, or in some instances it might have been a uh, particular person out of, the, um, out of the service department that came over and, and started to do more selling than servicing of some of these early precision farming solutions. Uh, either way, it, it seems like right now what we're seeing in the distribution organization is that people are, are migrating from having one specialized person to the whole dealership really buying in to Precision Solutions. Um, more and more of this comes factory fit, so if you're selling a tractor as a salesperson, you need to know about the guidance systems and the displays. Uh, if you're a service person and you've come out to work on maybe setting the, the wheel spacings or something uh, to fit a new uh, row configuration, you'd better know how to do some fundamental service work on the precision systems also. So, so we see that throughout the whole dealership now. Um, so as we look at our dealerships, it's been a process over the last 20, 25 years. It is with our company and we basically reflect what the dealers need and they reflect what their producers need in their area. You know, kind of from, from that de developmental standpoint, um, you know, how as a company, have you guys kind of, you know, helped with that transition, you know, with your dealer network, you know, kind of moving them from maybe that singular person to that multiple person to kind of integrating it, you know, that top-down approach uh, within that, you know, that retailer setting? Yeah, and that has been key. Uh, I mean, uh, you, know, you know, some dealers have come to us uh, with that, and, and as we start to service those dealers, the other dealers catch on very quickly also that really it's through our training, through our technical support, and through our, our commercial marketing and sales approaches that we, we try to bring precision farming across the, the whole um, spectrum of dealer personnel. And, you know, specifically, Jack, uh, on the training side, you know, we, we have gone and kind of uh, incorporated a certain level of precision knowledge in not only our basic training level uh, for the tech support or for commercial training, but also we, we put a precision perspective on even some of our more in-depth training courses. Um, because quite frankly, uh, even a CVT transmission, 
uh, when you get in the higher level courses, there are ramifications for that CVT transmission on how it interacts with a guidance system. Uh, and even our, our latest, you know, uh, class three ISO bus uh, interactions with our bailers. Um, so having that overall um, approach for the whole business through our trainings, through our, our documentation, through our literature, and even through our sales programs, tying in some of our precision solutions into the whole goods themselves. Um, recently, we've been offering um, telematics packages as sales promotions. So it gives you a homogeneous approach, not only throughout the dealership, but right on through to the end customer, because the end customer is looking for a fully integrated solution. There's no doubt about that. They want to be fully integrated across their fleet, be it a mixed fleet or a legacy fleet, as well as being fully integrated across their business with their dealership and with their agronomic partners. And that's what we're working to supply to our dealers to supply to their customers. Consolidation is a hot topic, and Jamie Paquin, General Manager with Rightcart, discusses the impact this trend can have on available product offerings to dealers and the need to think outside the box. To a dealer network that we've been working on for the, just the better part of seven years. Uh, that's my tenure with Raycard is, is the last seven years. And what we've seen is we started out um, with an approach to align ourselves with dealerships because they're absolutely necessary and integral part of our of our business model and what we've what I've the trend I've seen is with the consolidation of, of OEMs larger OEMs absorbing smaller ones literally some of the dealers lose product offerings that they may have had last year or the year prior and so it puts them in a position where they have to look for new offerings they have to think outside the box and that's a good fit for us because our product offering is colorblind and it fills niches and so the dealers often find themselves in a position where you you have to work a little harder to to get the same results and so we've worked really hard to, to bring to try and bring value with them or value to them rather and and I can say six seven years ago we offered a co-op marketing program with a lot of the dealers and and frankly, they appreciated it, but they didn't always take advantage of that opportunity. And what we're seeing today is they are taking advantage of that. So they're trying to be smarter with their time. Um, they have to be smarter with their time. And and that's just, just a couple of the points that I've noticed um, evolve. How would you kind of kind of define, you know, uh, your dealer network today? I mean, what are some of the defining characteristics that you say, you know, maybe uh, are different from, you know, even just a few years ago in terms of, you know, their objectives and, and uh, you know, some of their goals and, um, you know, what, what they're looking for, how you work with them. Yeah, so what we've noticed is with the, it, it's pretty obvious that there's less new equipment going off a lot. And so it goes back to that whole philosophy is, is that um, you want to retain the customer. Um, those dealers want to retain their customers. 
And so they want to bring value to them. So even though they can't sell them a new piece of equipment, they can sell them a new piece of technology. And so we've noticed our product offering has shifted from pretty obvious three years ago. We were selling to new equipment three, four years ago. And in 2016, we had similar sales of the good years. It's just it was on different equipment. So the dealers are getting it. They're working harder. The ones that are getting it are identifying what the customer needs, and they're trying to bring a solution to them. And that solution may not be something they've always had on the shelf, so they have to look outside the outside the box again and, and find what's going to fill that need. The final question would just be kind of, you know, looking into the future, a little bit of forecasting or, you know, speculation here, but, um, you know, where do you kind of see, you know, dealer networks evolving to in the next maybe five, ten years, you know, in terms of focus. You know, are we going to see uh, continuing transition, you know, with kind of emphasis and, and you know, kind of how uh, precision dealers are, are going to kind of, you know, put the focus on their business goals, you know, what, what's going to be what they're, they're looking for. And, and from a network standpoint, you know, is that going to change, you know, potentially how you guys are, are going to work with them? I think the, the network model is going to, it's going to be stay pretty similar, pretty consistent. I think the product offerings are going to continue to evolve. I think the aftermarket companies are they're they're market driven, and the aftermarket com companies, um, by design, by nature, can bring new products to the market quicker. Um, and then we we know the we know the trend, we know the the pattern, we know what happens. They get absorbed up by the OEMs, and it takes several years, but eventually they're standard features. So the aftermarket com companies have to have a high investment in R&D. They have to have an ear to the ground and really listen to the market and be working on that constantly. And that's what, that's what we're doing at Reichardt. It's a big part of our North American operation is um, we have three things we focus on. Our dealer network, our OEM partnerships, and research and development. Those are our core, our core things that we work on. Talking with Beverly Flores, media relations manager with John Deere, she noted the connection between equipment, technology, and people to cover the spectrum of dealer development and customers' purchasing decisions. You know, from a dealer's perspective, from a Deere perspective, we're looking at how, how do you seamlessly connect together the people, the technology, the equipment, and the insight to get a greater advantage. And, and the reason we state it that way is because that advantage can be from a business perspective for the dealer. Um, it could be from an ag service provider, a third party provider. Um, and obviously it's for our customers. And, and you know, when, when you think about that advantage, even from a dealer side of it, that can have different definitions depending upon where they're located, the size of the dealership, uh, where they are in this process as well. And that's true for a customer. And, you know, so you think about a customer, and, and when I think about technology, when we when we look at it from the deer perspective, it's it's almost you've got some people that are just now starting, and they're saying, I think I'm ready for auto track or our guidance system, um, which you know, as you think about, it's been out since 2002, so we've been doing that longer than the automotive industry that's just now starting that conversation. But you've also got customers up there that are saying, you're not moving fast enough, and so how do we help everybody on that spectrum and? The commonality, though, is you can be anywhere in that process and gathering information about your farming operation, sharing that information with who you choose to share it with, which is how our system is set up. But if you don't do something with that information, it doesn't have any value. So at the end of the day, you still have to farm. 
And so for a deer perspective, that's why it's so important that we're bringing together not only the information side of it that's coming from the technology, but how do you execute it in the field? And that comes back to the equipment itself, and that comes back to the dealer's capability to support those decisions in the field. And we really see the John Deere dealer is not only being able to uh, positively impact that experience, but also be able to contribute to it from a trusted advisor perspective. So, so what, do you, what do you see as maybe some of the kind of influences or, or drivers of you know, kind of what we're seeing with the evolution. Obviously, there's been a lot of discussion, um, you know, and, and a lot of action as well. Um, you know, whether it's uh, you know on the company side, on the dealer side, as far as uh, you know, consolidation, acquisitions, things like that. You know, the, the landscape is continuously changing, especially when you're talking from a precision standpoint. You know, and, and it's almost it seems like daily. You know, that there is some more of that transformation that's going on within that industry, but. How do you see that kind of, you know, I guess influencing, uh, you know, the way that you guys are kind of maintaining your dealer network and obviously looking to, to grow that, evolve that? So as you, as you look at it from the dealer's perspective, I think it's not that different from some of the challenges that customers are facing to get to what they're defining as successful. Uh, you know, farming is a business, uh, and the same is true in the dealership side of it. It's a business, and these are people that are passionate, they're committed to the communities that they're in, to the jobs that they create. And, and when you have that commitment, you also have to continually look for how am I going to uh, improve? How, how, how am I going to continue that investment? And, and so today, a lot of that comes in the form of technology itself. And as you look at the employees, that may mean things like going to additional training, uh, which we offer, especially during the winter months, uh, so that the dealerships can get there and get the right people there. But it's you know getting your hands on. It's learning how you work with this technology. How is it integrated into the equipment itself? Uh, how do you have that conversation uh, with a customer? And, and how do you provide that relevant information back to back to the customer, who's really the one that's you know at the end of the day not only making the decision, but they're deciding how they're going to use it in the field. So we have the training opportunities. Uh, we're doing things. Even uh, we're seeing dealers starting to look at more social media. Uh, you know, they're doing YouTube videos. They're they're spotlighting customers and best practices. Um, they're doing blogs. You know, they're looking at different ways of how can they share those stories with customers. Because as you look at the evolution that's going on in agriculture, it's it's really about how do we get that next stage involved, uh, and whether that's a best practice from a dealer's perspective or it's a best practice from an industry or customer's perspective. When you hear that as somebody that's trying to make that decision, that third party input is helpful. Uh, it gives you a different perspective. So I think that's one thing that we're seeing within the dealers is this commitment to how they communicate and how they interact with our customers. Um, the other thing we're looking at is you know, from a parts and service side of it. So the technology conversation shouldn't just be one that's from the sales guy or salesperson. Um, it's one that, you know, if you're going to go to the parts counter, that they have the capability using the system like JD Link, uh, which gives you that capability to have remote access, that they can go ahead and start to pull up some information that helps that experience at the parts counter go more smoothly and potentially even faster. Uh, so we, uh, one of the things that we've introduced uh, here recently is the John Deere Connected Support, uh, which leverages the existing subscriptions that are out there with JD Link, uh, but coming from the factory, you're going to be able to have not only a year of that subscription, but then five years of support from connected support. And that really looks at, you might be out in the field, uh, and if you've chosen to have this service and the dealer is offering that service, um, that they are actively watching that machine because you've agreed for that service to take place. And they may say, hey, we've noticed some potential issues. 
that customer may not have even seen that issue when they're running in the field yet, and yet because of that ability to share the information, they can say, hey, we've, we've, we've already sent somebody out, or you know, we suggest that you stop and wait until we get there. Um, I know you're not seeing any issues, but we have some indicators that you might be, uh, and we've already got the part out there in the road. Um, to the capability from a logistics side of the machine, and when you buy a machine, you expect it to perform certain things. Uh, and you have not only from an experience side of that, but you also for the job that you expect it to perform. And so as we look at that, we're looking at not only how do you have the best planner, but how do you plant better? Uh, and that goes into not only making sure the machine performs well, but also the job that it's doing, which is then directly connected to the data, the technology, and how that executes in the field. And then how do you move that into the next cycle? Um, and so obviously after you plant it or seeding, you're going to look at how do you nurture and protect that plant? You're going to then get, take that into harvest, which is a, a scorecard really of the actions. And then how do you take that information from harvest and move that into prepare uh, and the different choices that you can have as you get that seabed ready for planting and seeding. So instead of just looking at one stage and one job, we're really looking at what's the total outcome that a customer wants to have. and, and at the end of the day, that's that increased productivity and, and profitability from the customer side of it. And then that ties back into the dealership and their ability to not only support that, but also what that means to their business as well. Absolutely. The last question I had was just, um, how would you kind of define you know, your, your dealer network today kind of on that precision side? And, you know, again, a little bit of forecasting and, and a little bit of speculation, but kind of looking into the future, you know, how might you see that? Uh, transition or evolve, you know, as, as we look in the future, you know, what that precision dealer in a deer dealership might look like. I think as you look at the relationship uh, with our dealer channel, you know, they're the face of John Deere to our customers. Uh, and so they are actively listening to what their customers are asking for. Uh, I think they are making uh, those adjustments and those investments. Uh, to make sure that the customer continues to have the best experience and best John Deere experience uh, that they can. You know, as you think about it, I think one of the, the challenges for our dealers is the same as it is for our customers, and that's how do you get people to stay in a rural community? Um, how do you have that connectivity? Uh, and so as you look at the, the dealers, technology is a great way in which to entice uh, younger people, uh, or even people that thought, hey, I didn't think about agriculture as a career that was interesting, and, and, and yet when they get into it and they start to see the level of sophistication and advancement, uh, it is something that it provides an opportunity for them. So I think you're seeing that conversation come forward from the technology side of it and, and create some additional opportunities, uh, and ones that dealers uh, will continue to build upon as they look at uh, their overall uh, employee base. And how do they bring that knowledge to that next level and support the customer? I think the other side of it is, uh, as you look at bringing the precision ag technology conversation into the full conversation, and that's making sure that it's not just occurring at the sales level, uh, that it's occurring as an everyday part of the conversation. You're going to continue to see some of the services expand, whether that's pre-season uh, service inspections that are looking at more than just the equipment. Again, they're looking at the job that's going to be performed to ones that are even post uh, job itself and saying, what do you want to do with this information? How can we help you manage? Uh, because really, if you think about the whole farming cycle and, and as you're going from uh, planting and seeding to nurture and protect to um, harvest as well as to prepare, inside of all of that is management. 
Informing is complex and customers are making those management decisions every single day. And so the more that we can help make that easier, help make that smarter, uh, and help make that more precise. And I think that's where the dealers are looking at, you know, the services, but also the expertise and the knowledge that they can bring forward and they're making those investments to support that. We also chatted with Justin Kaufman, North American sales manager with Precision Planting, who discussed the company's investment in dealer training to assist with a transition from mechanical to agronomic emphasis with technology. You know, we have been through quite a transition over the last number of years, and a lot of that has just been as our products have developed. And we started out very mechanically, um, you know, with the products like the Keaton Seed Firmer and Finger Meter, and a, a number of our dealers that are are representing and working with growers today kind of came in and to precision dealerships at, the, at that time. And we went through a big transition in the mid 2000s as we introduced the 2020 seed sense, and now started moving into electronics. And so that kind of started with. Or our products, but then that changed what a dealer might need to do. Um, and then that really increased when we started to bring out control products, the Air Force and Row Flow in 2009 and 2010, um, which really changed what was required to be successful as a precision planning dealer, and really be able to take care of the grower. Um, so our, as our product line has progressed, our dealers have, have progressed along with that. Um, you know, in the middle of that, you know, as we moved into control products, we uh, you know, came out with our premier dealership classification and you know so that's still something today that's very important for us and as we look at continuing to build our our network of dealers you know we're focused on building and investing in premier dealerships um, and you know that so we we've brought out some additional requirements that we think are important for them to be able to achieve to take care of the grower and really have a successful business uh, and and that's where you know as we look at the place we're at today and where it's kind of continuing to go, we um, you know, are spending more and more time on the business aspect of the dealership um, and, and helping and understand more of that as this, as this business has grown maybe beyond where a lot of those dealers originally thought it was ever going to be, uh, you know, has, has brought about new opportunities but also new challenges with that and so we're continuing to evolve and, and provide the right tools to help them, you know, not just understand maybe what our product does but also you know, the broader aspects of their business and what that looks like. You mentioned kind of, you know, some of those early evolutions, you know, with obviously the products you guys launched and then how those were incorporated in your dealer network, expanded and evolved. Can you talk a little bit more about, you know, what kind of went into some of that transition, you know, from the dealer standpoint? I mean, obviously moving, you know, beyond, uh, you know, kind of just a, a handful of products to developing, you know, beyond the mechanical side to more into the precision side and then obviously kind of even into the agronomic element now. So uh, I don't know if you can ex expand a little bit on just, you know, kind of what, what went in from a company standpoint uh, in the mindset of kind of developing that side of the network and, and growing that. Yeah, we, you know, for precision planning, we always start with the agronomic piece, and we'd say, you know, even with the mechanical products as they started, it, it started with understanding an agronomic problem and solving that and helping our dealers tell that story to a grower and be able to educate on what the agronomics are behind that. And so even as we've moved into the electronics, that part has, tried, has kind of stayed consistent. Um, but, but the part on our end that we, you know, really had to kind of evolve and that our dealers had to evolve with were, you know, things like training. Um, you know, we've, we've made a substantial investment in our training department now. 
that and, and even in our facility. We built a new facility a few years ago that's fully equipped to train our dealers, uh, run hydraulics, run a planter in our shop during the winter, um, and be able to do that to really, you know, that's a key part now. Uh, it's not just, you know, you can't, like a Keaton seed firmer, maybe able to get that on a planter without understanding all the other implications. So we've really had to to respond by doing that and investing more in our support team and our training and, and being able to provide that to our dealers. And they've had to respond with that and consider things like additional employees. You know, that's been one of the big uh, pieces that our dealers have had to work through is, you know, as this evolves into more of a year-round business, uh, you know, do they have to hire an employee, bring someone else in uh, to where it was maybe just starting as a seasonal business and, you know, but getting other people involved. and and understanding how that makes sense for them and you know to do that profitably and to be able to take care of their growers. Uh, another element too, and you mentioned the agronomics side, but um, when you look at kind of some of the, the trends that are influencing you know precision ag uh, in general and then also kind of you know as companies how they react to those you know and, and then kind of convey that message or you know help their dealers adopt or adapt to it. Um, what are what are maybe some of the kind of influencing elements, you know, in precision today that you see, uh, you know, kind of having an impact on, on your dealer network going forward, you know, are there things that you can envision um, being big focal points or, or points of emphasis that you would, you know, foresee, you know, being, uh, being an integral part of, of your dealer yeah. network in the future? Yeah, I think we summarize it today by our, our best dealers that are successful are um, understand the agronomic impact and have a commitment to excellence and service. And those two pieces have to come hand in hand. You know, our, we continue to innovate on the product side um, and understand more agronomically. You know, as we talk about a new smart firm or a new product we just announced and it kind of opens up a whole new realm um, for us as well as our dealers to understand so they have to kind of continue to um, evolve and be ready to educate on that uh, not just you know transact that product but but really explain how that impacts the farm and and what the return on investment is and how that's going to play out um, so that as well as then you know that that the service side that has gone along with it that has really you know now when when you know in our world we're with the amount of work we've done on planters, now we're controlling the planters. And, and that, you know, is a different realm even than just measuring and using, you know, some of the advanced devices like that. Um, and, and the service side for the dealer has, has really, you know, continued to, to elevate. And I, you know, as we look forward, is going to continue to be the crucial part that helps a dealer, you know, set themselves apart and, and build a strong customer base. And, and kind of wrapping up, I mean, uh, with just kind of that singular question of, you know, how, how do you define, you know, a, a precision planting dealer today? You know, what what are the characteristics that kind of encompass that? Um, you know, and, and then, again, you know, as best you can, you know, how would you kind of maybe anticipate or, or even, you know, mm -hmm. expect, you know, some of those characteristics may change, you know, mm -hmm. and, and what, as far as, you know, what, what the makeup of is of, of a dealer yeah. know, today, you know, versus the dealer of tomorrow. Yeah. You know, the, the, oversimplifying it, we've said our dealer is the planner expert. They are the planner expert. They're 
they're the individual or the organization that gets the phone call first when a farmer's looking at what's next for his operation. And they're able to speak across you know, different brands, different makes, and be able to be that expert. You know, as we look ahead, you know, even some, with some of our latest products, you know, we're moving beyond the planner. So, um, you know, we, we expect that they are, you know, still approaching from that agronomic expertise, but, you know, even more pieces of equipment, how that affects the farmer and how we can bring products and technologies to the farm, you know, in an aftermarket type of approach that really enables a farmer to get a quick return on investment and improve. Um, so, you know, we expect a lot of that to really be similar but just kind of continue to expand in scope and that, you know, they won't just be a planter expert, but also, you know, understanding sprayers and, you know, how, how nutrients are being applied and, and, you know, understanding the combine as we've moved into monitoring and with yield sense that, that um, and we see that kind of continuing in the future that, you know, needing to invest on that agronomic side, be able to tell that and educate a farmer and be able to back that up with service and you know, make the needed investments there uh, to make sure that farmer's gonna keep going when they're in the field. We'll get back to more perspectives in a moment, but I did want to again thank our sponsor, Farmer's Edge, for making this program possible. Farmer's Edge is proud to partner with dealers across the United States to unlock exceptional opportunities for their farm customers. Through innovative technology and field-centric tools, their whole farm smart solution will strengthen your platform and enhance your customer relations, grow opportunities for your customers, and become a representative for Farmer's Edge today. Visit them at FarmersEdgeUSA.com slash become a representative or call them at 952-582-1398. Let's jump back into the highlights now with Darren Pritchard, Director of Sales with Ag Junction, who offered his take on the importance of dealers to adapt to technology transition within their business model to keep pace with customer service needs. And uh, definitely seen the dealer network evolve. Uh, Fifteen years ago we had the simple light bar, such as what we sell today is the S-Lite, and any mom and pop shop could sell it. Right? It was so simple, it was so easy, you could troubleshoot it over the phone. The dealer network's changed a lot because now we're talking about ISO implements, we're talking about multi-product, where it's, it's very advanced. And a lot of the dealers we had 15 years ago either had to step up their game, and there was the dealers that were bigger, had enough money, revenue coming in from our product line so they could hire a specialist to come in. Because if you don't have that specialist, they're going to go down the street and buy from someone else. This stuff is getting very technical now. Uh, the auto steer, right? Auto steer's been out our company for about 12, 14 years. Well, putting a light bar in is simple. Now getting auto steer in and getting our high accuracy auto steer with wheel angle sensors and everything, that's a whole new bottle, bottle of wax. And you have to know what you're doing, how to calibrate it, how to install it. So you need good installation team, you know, mechanics in the back, but then someone to support it when it's not going on. We're there to help, but so the dealer network's changed a lot. Um, a lot of the guys that used to sell hundreds of light bars, they're long gone because they didn't want to put the time and the money into having a technical expert on board and with them. Um, but the guys that have embraced and picked up someone that does it full-time, uh, they're very, very successful. And not only are they selling a lot of our stuff, but it's going in the tractors, it's helping tractor sales. And one thing with our company, we're an aftermarket company, I always say we're colorblind. We'll go on anything, green, red, yellow, blue. And that's what a lot of our dealers like about it, is the fact they can walk onto any farm, you know, and get in there. So we have a lot of short-line dealers. 
Uh, we have a lot of farmer dealers, which are good dealers as well in our dealer network because they use the product and it's so easy to buy from someone that uses the product day in and day out. Um, but the fact that they're colorblind, we are colorblind, the fact we'll go on anything, that's what our dealers like about us so much because they can walk onto any farm and we have a solution for them. Right? It's not just, it only works on green, we'll work on anything. So, and we, we specialize in being aftermarket and working with every different company. So just technology technology's changed so much in 15 years and where is it headed from here? Um, but it's all about, at the end of the day, all the products do the same thing. We steer a tractor, we shut off rate control, we all do the same thing. It comes down to support now. They buy from the person that has typically the best support. Uh, our support is second to none. We have free tech support you can call in and our dealer support and our dealer training. We really try and keep our dealers up and uh, our big dealers are good because they support the product. We're there for them. And that's kind of kind of outback. We have about 180 dealers in North America and like I said short line is what works best for us because the green guys, the yellow guys, the blue guys, they're tied to something. They have something. We still do have some strong ones because we're a little bit different in areas. So, you know, a lot of companies don't have an entry-level light bar and they'll pick us up to be a dealer because they like selling those in specific areas. But uh, short lines work best for us. Bueller dealers, Bueller Versatile dealers are, are very strong. Uh, like I said before, farmer dealers can be really good. Sometimes downfall of the farmer dealer, oh, if he's a farmer and busy, well, that's when people need tech support and he's busy in his tractor and can't get out and help like he should. So, um, but the bigger farmer dealers, they have kids on the farm, hired hands or whatever. So they're, they're driving their business that way with extra help. So, so in terms of how you kind of define, uh, I guess, your, your dealer network today, mm -hmm. you know, kind of, uh, you guys have, you know, some, some more unique dynamics, you know, and some structures that, you know, like you said, you know, the OEM guys probably don't have, you know, they don't, they don't have that same model, but yeah. um, so in terms of, you know, kind of that, how you're defining that word today and, and how you may see that definition change, you know, in the future, some trends or some influential elements, you know, in the precision industry that, that might kind of impact, you know, right. the model you guys have and, and where you might want to take See it. the model and changing and stuff really depends on what our new products are and what we're coming out with I guess too is uh, can our dealer network that's the other thing is our products have changed so much in 15 years can our dealer network handle it and that's why we're constantly having to come up with new dealers and a lot of these guys can't and I hate to say it, the small mom and pop shops that used to sell a light bar only they decided mm, I'm not putting the money and resources into it I'm out of here this this isn't for me so it's really what our next products what's the next great thing we're going to come out with and how is that going to help our dealer network? How is that going to change the dealer network? And what do we need to look for, I guess, for a strong dealer? Looking at the dealer network of tomorrow, Alistair McClelland, Agco's Vice President of Marketing for North America, offered insight on what the dealer model of the future may look like and how precision dealers can succeed in big ag. You know, when you look at the history of this company and then you talk about Precision Ag specifically, it's been an interesting ride, um, oftentimes not driven by our own technology development in the early years, but by acquiring things. Uh, if I look at the technology piece specifically, uh, in the old days of Massey, Massey Ferguson Combines was the innovator of uh, what we called, um, uh, not field star, I'm trying to think, the, uh, the, the yield monitoring program on combines, on our Danish combines. So we've had sort of high tech thinking around Massey for many, many years, going back to yield monitoring and leading the field in that. And then as we've expanded into different brands, bought different companies with Agco, uh, it becomes very clear, or has become very evident in recent years, 
that as a manufacturer, if we're not involved in the technology field and precision ag, we're probably a dinosaur and going to expire pretty quickly. Uh, and the same thing for our dealers as well. If you're, if you're not effective with the technology and precision ag, you're not able to offer the services uh, customers are, are looking for. Um, so I'd say, from an agco perspective, it's a little bit been uh, a forced evolution because you know historically most of us as manufacturing companies are, are gearheads. We know how to build engines and transmissions and put tractors together and all this sort of stuff. Moving more into the technology field has been a challenge. Uh, and, and from our side, it's required a commitment to that. Our Fuse strategy today, Fuse Technologies is really a strong statement that we are committed to technology and precision ag. We've put a considerable amount of resource behind that internally uh, to make sure that we first and foremost design our machines so that they will interact and integrate with various technology partners and then to also make sure that we're providing the right tools for our dealers to develop. Um, so I couldn't give you a headcount, but we have a lot of people today within Agco that are dedicated to technology and technology development, uh, which is a, a quite a departure from what the company was five or six years ago. Uh, on the dealer side, I'd say it's, it's been a little bit of an evolution as well. Our, our dealer networks have come from different places because of our acquisition history. So if you take a network like the Challenger Network, predominantly cat dealers, those guys have got a, a, an established capability in the technology field that comes from their Caterpillar legacy. They're used to using um, vision link and, and machinery monitoring systems and fleet monitoring. So when we introduced our ag command systems uh, and started talking to dealers about uh, telemetrics and remote fleet monitoring for the cat dealers, that was second nature for them. We just had to deliver the technology for them to do that. Um, in addition to that, you've got the technology, the hardware pieces that go into the machine, uh, which all of our dealers needed to learn, even the cat dealers, because it was different to their cat background. And then increasingly so, we've just, as you probably saw, entered into an agreement with uh, Agilitics and Farm Mobile. And that's not saying that we're trying to get into the agronomy or prescription services, but we are trying to make sure that we facilitate customers and that use our equipment to be able to collect the data, their agronomy data, and then control that data and transmit it where they want to. So there's really three stalls to the technology piece. There's the hardware technology going in the machines. Our philosophy is we're going to work with multiple partners, open architecture, so we want to make sure if you put a guidance system into our machine, whether you put a Novotel or a Trimble receiver on the, on the cab roof, our machine will, will work with those and steer the machine. So we have that open architecture about, about uh, technology products, if you like, and then obviously trying to get our dealers trained to sell it. The second piece is telemetrics or machine monitoring. That's all about uh, improving uptime for the customer. Uh, at the end of the day, it's all about productivity. Technology for technology's sake doesn't do anything. Technology that drives productivity does everything. Um, so that piece of being able to monitor our machines and then also put our machines in mixed fleets and monitor the complete fleet is very important to us. And that requires resources on the dealer side to be able to take that data, interpret that data, and then do something with that data. So you've got the technology, you've got the telemetrics, and you've got the more agronomy-based piece right now. So those are really the three, three stools that we are trying to tie together with the Fuse technology strategy. So, so as we kind of you know, think about um, uh, kind of the model of the future, you know, and, and kind of what that network may look like, you mentioned kind of the three components, and you know I would imagine certainly those are going to kind of uh, you know evolve as well yeah. within the industry, and, and probably dictate a lot of you know how how that network is going to evolve as well. But what do you kind of envision? You know, how do you see kind of things maybe going? You know, in the next 
five years. You're talking about from a, well, from a dealer perspective in, in, right, in particular. Right, kind of that network evolution. Yeah, network evolution, I think, is you know, the, the dealers that don't have the, or aren't willing to invest in the capability to support technology are probably going to str struggle to be viable in this in this business, particularly in the big ag business. Obviously, a different story when you talk about compact utility equipment and so on, but big ag, if you're not investing in that uh, capability, which is, you know, whether it's a machine monitoring center and doing that sort of stuff, investing in the hardware to do that, or adding the personnel with the right skill sets to be able to not only sell technology, but support technology on the farm end, on the customer end. Uh, I think that's the, the critical thing. So what I see, and we already see it, uh, more and more dealers that even if they don't have separate technology departments yet, many of them do, uh, more and more of them have identifiable, clear technology specialization in, in, on the personnel side. And that's always, you know, are these guys service guys? Are they sales guys? You know, what exactly do they do? But I think it's a hybrid kind of uh, organization where your technology personnel need to be able to sell and explain the use of the technology, need to be able to install the technology, need to be able to maintain the technology. And then the commercial challenge for everybody is, you know, how do I extract value from that and charge for that technology? Uh, and avoid the tendency of just embedding it in the price of a machine and basically giving away a lot of value. So. So that's what I'd see for dealers. It's going to be more and more, uh, as a minimum, separate people that are technology specialists and probably in an optimal situation, technology departments within dealerships. I also chatted with Mike Gomes, Vice President of Business Development with TopCon, who discussed the trend toward acquiring and driving local agronomic knowledge into technology distribution channels. Certainly, you know, the, the dynamics of distribution are absolutely changing. Um, you see, you know, trends of consolidation. You see trends of uh, uh, dis tractor distribution typically is more and more getting uh, five or more outlets and, uh, and, and getting more consolidated because it's getting driven um, economically, it's getting driven to those things. So, so what do we see for the role of the distributor? Um, absolutely, there is no good replacement for the local relationship. We believe that all equipment will take service eventually, and so it's not if but when. And so that, and, and so really having that relationship, whether it starts with getting the right products and then building them in, you know, getting the customer the features like we talked about a little bit from from very entry level and, and then a modular, um, uh, being able to add those capabilities as you addition, as you require additional need, as you require additional capabilities, being able to add that functionality in a modular fashion, whether that's hardware or software, certainly fits. Um, probably one of the most significant trends we're seeing is, is that it's um, more and more, particularly on the equipment side, you see agronomic skills coming into play. And so um, more and more, in some cases, you'll see TopCon products being offered um, through some of the traditional equipment outlets, but more and more you'll see um, people with an agronomic focus bringing on because, because it's being able, it, it's in order to truly leverage the value of precision agriculture, it's no longer just a single value proposition. It's, it's, it's how does the auto steering work with my equipment strategy? And how does that work with variable rate? And whether it's variable rate, whether it's variable rate seeding and plant population, 
or what my starter program looks like, or maybe if I'm doing side dress or in-season applications, all the way up to yield and then following through with the grain carts and, and, and how does that interface. And so what you're seeing is, is that the skill sets are becoming beyond one, a single dimension. And so whether that's knowledge of equipment and also its agronomic value, to the customer and so more and more that one of the biggest trends you see um, certainly with us is uh, with the distribution is distribution is is acquiring or driving those agronomic skills in because it's no longer being able to understand just a just a single technology but it's the technology combined with the with the agronomy in order to understand what's that customer benefit because it's 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 the equipment efficiency aspect plus the agronomic aspects that help the grower really realize the bottom line. And the only way to accomplish that, because you know, it's, it's a local thing, right? The only way to accomplish that is through solid, a, a great local resource in your local distribution outlet. And uh, you know, he's, your, he's your consultant and he, under, and he should be able to understand enough about both the equipment as well as the technology, as well as be able to understand or discuss with you your agronomic strategies so that then you can understand, okay, how is it that I do want to tackle variable rate? And do I want to do, do I want to, you know, or maybe I'm better off to start off with boom height control and then go to individual nozzle control. You know, I, I, there's a number of different pieces of that puzzle. Um, and the way that everybody un, unwraps that package is a little bit different based on your skill sets on your farm and based on what you're comfortable with in adoption. And so at TopCon, we really work to have a modular product strategy to get you there, but also we see that the distribution for that product strategy is changing a bit as well. Um, you know, we still have the traditional precision egg specialists. Now those guys have really gotten a, a depth of skill, right? It's no longer just products, but product services. It may be correction services. It, you know, they're they're adding to their pieces of the puzzle. Um, and in addition, you know, you're, if you're the equipment dealers, in many cases, it's agronomics. It may be dealers that become, it, maybe it's the local cooperative that used to provide only services and now is providing services and products as a bundle to their customers. And so we see a number of different dynamics changing in the marketplace. And, and then just kind of second to that, I mean, you obviously talked about kind of that agronomic element being very critical now in, in kind of that model. Um, what do you see as kind of some of the biggest challenges now to kind of getting to that point, you know, with, with dealers? I mean, you mentioned kind of the, you know, the precision specialist as we may have known it, you know, eight to ten years ago, and kind of know what the expectation is, you know, today and then going forward. Well, I, I'd say that really that precision specialist is becoming a local systems integrator, right? And and so he he has to keep track of what are the what are the varieties, not just the crops, but what are the varieties that are in this area? And then how, how do I take and help drive those into my customer base? And, you know, is my customer base, do they, do they need variable rate plant population? Do they need the ability to do two hybrids at the same time? You know, um, are, you know how, how is um, landforming and drainage, surface drainage management, whether that's surface or subsurface drainage management, how does that factor in? Um, and so there's a number of different ways to approach it. And so today's, um, today's distribution really has to have a pretty diverse skill set, right? If, if you look at a number of the mainline providers of precision ag equipment, our lines are getting longer, 
not shorter, right? It's, it no longer is steering only the way to get there, right? It, it, you, you have to be strong in steering, variable rate, you have to know about corrections and air-based pieces. You may or may not have to understand the Wi-Fi connectivity, um, as well as what at, what apps does my customer need. You know, that's a lot for a local distributor. And so you cert and that world's getting more competitive. You see, uh, as precision ag has really blossomed as an industry, you know, people are approaching some aspect of precision ag from seed retailers to the uh, agronomic input retailers, to the equipment guys, to the independent consultants, right? And so being able to understand how for a farmer, it fits within his business strategy because it's all about his business. How does, what's his business strategy? What's his revenue strategy? Whether that's balancing crops and offensive and defensive varieties of seed, whether that's plant population, whether that's I put more into my best areas of a field or I'm limiting limiting cost and inputs into the weaker areas of the field. Some guys want to grow the, some guys want to, they want to, they want to raise the average and other guys just want to make the best even better um, and cut their losses in the low areas. And so how that works on individual farms for individual family operations is very different. And that the guy who delivers that value is the local consultant. And you have to know the technologies, a little bit of the agronomics, a little bit of the equipment, and then how to serve your customer in that respect. And a theme that came up during several conversations was the importance of training. And Ryan Molitor, Director of Customer Experience with Raven Industries, discuss the value of sales training to have a comprehensive understanding of the why behind the how of precision products. Agriculture just uh, has been and probably always will be a very service-oriented industry. So uh, the ability to, to service and support products is, is very important to to Raven, it's important to our dealers and uh, for our end customers, it's important that they have somebody that they can trust uh, to get that uh, support and uh, training from. So, um, you know, in the, the last few years, as we've seen a lot uh, more emphasis on kind of data management and uh, um, more kind of software type stuff, uh, we see and, and recognize a shift in trying to uh, get people within the, the dealer uh, network that can kind of help understand that and ultimately for that end customer be it a, an ag retailer or a grower uh, for the for the end customer it's still really confusing as to you know what all does what you know they understand what their challenges are but trying to work with you know different companies on how do I make sense of all this is still a, a big challenge so uh, one I think it's important uh, for Raven to help educate uh, the dealers and the uh, end customers, again, be it a grower or an ag retailer, just understand uh, what the options are uh, for them and what the true benefit to them on adopting some of those technologies. Because, you know, the other thing, too, with the, the market, the way that it's been, um, people have to understand, okay, if I adopt this technology, uh, you know, what am I going to get out of that and, and how is that going to benefit and ultimately improve your profitability within that? the operation so uh, we're putting a big emphasis on uh, 
kind of two different areas within training. One is the, the technical side, and you have to be able to uh, support it and show people how, you, you know, how, here's how you set things up. If you run into this, this is what you do. So there's the, the technical side. Um, but then there's also the kind of the, the sales training side of it as well. And um, that's an area that, that we've kind of put a big emphasis on over the last 12 months or so of helping within that dealer network, kind of their sales team, uh, understand all the different technologies that are out there and really how those are going to benefit your uh, end customer because that, that's what's really important to them. So we're, you take kind of a two-pronged approach. One, you're going to educate them on the, the, the kind of the sales side and the features, benefits, and ultimately why you would want to adopt a technology. Uh, and then you kind of follow that up with the, the technical side. So one, you get it. You have, people have to be comfortable on selling, you know, to their customers why why you would trust me to make this investment and then at the same time you have to be able to come in with the technical stuff to be able to support it after the sale so uh, we've kind of taken that uh, approach um, with our uh, dealer network uh, and obviously uh, you know within uh, whoever is reselling precision uh, you really have to be um, able to understand not just kind of the hardware and the, the mechanics and stuff, but really understand software and uh, compatibility and, and those things are, are huge challenges. So it's important uh, that they have kind of a precision expert within their group. So uh, we've uh, reintroduced our precision egg specialists and those guys are kind of, a, uh, they're, they're very focused on training and, and dealer development. Um, to help people kind of understand both of those sides. You got the, the sales side and kind of the why behind it, but then also the good technical expertise. And the goal with, with that team is uh, not just to do it for you, but uh, to help kind of train your team and, and get them ready. So we're excited about having our precision ag specialist back because I think that's going to be a big help um, because, you know, the, the technology, there's so many different options out there, and especially as you look into the, the software side of things too. Um, so just helping people understand, you know, what works, what's compatible with the Raven stuff, how do we work with it. Um, you know, connecting some of those dots is, is still uh, a critical point for, I think, you know, ultimately it's the, the, the end customer that you have to, to be able to help. And um, that's kind of where our, our focus is. Um, and again, it's, you know, what's available and then you gotta follow it up with the technical side. Uh, I think it's also uh, important and certainly an emphasis in our area is um, being, um, involved you know early on in the, the development so um yeah we're involved with like uh south dakota state university they have a precision ag program and we're really excited about that because i think that that helps uh you know as um, young people are coming up and learning more about the technology they're learning not just kind of you know mapping and gis but they're they're learning more about the agronomy side which again if you go back to that kind of the why you would want to you really have to understand the agronomic benefits of adopting different technologies so um we're excited about you know trying to be more involved at the university level uh to help bridge some of those gaps between kind of the, the hardware stuff the software the agronomy and the agribusiness if you can pull all that stuff together um early on i think people will be better prepared to to sell and support some of the um, the different precision technologies because the technology is going to continue to grow and evolve and um, so we just have to make sure that we're preparing, you know, our, our end customers and our dealer network uh, to to adapt with that change. <clears throat> Excuse me. What do you see as um, some of the, uh, I guess, the future 
evolutions you might foresee, you know, within your network? I know you hinted, at, obviously, at a couple of those, but, you know, are there things on the horizon? And, and again, this might just be speculative to a certain extent, but um, as far as how you see that network um, or how you'd like to see that network, you know, evolve in the next, you know, five years, ten years, um, you know, I think uh, just uh, on the, the technology side, I think you really have to have, you know, a, a, depending on the size of the, the, the dealer, uh, you have to have a, a person or a team that kind of specializes in precision agriculture. Uh, I think that that's really important. So, I mean, you, you, you kind of have to have a, a point person that truly understands the, the technology um, and, and again, kind of going back to that, you know, you got to understand why it's important and, and what the real benefits are uh, to the customer. But then you, you do have to understand the, the technology side because it's it's important that you can not just sell it, but you got to be able to, to support it as well. And I think to do that effectively at, at a dealer level, uh, you do need a person or again, you know, maybe it's a few people that are really precision ag uh, experts um, that can, you know, attend trainings and attend other events so that they can kind of keep up to speed with some of you know what's coming or what are the latest technologies not just supporting what you already have but so that they can kind of understand the different trends and again relate back to how that's going to benefit their their customers so um, I think it's important to have you know somebody who is a like a precision egg specialist type person um, because the, the technology I mean it, it's going to be it's, again it's just going to continue to evolve and, and uh, there's a lot of exciting stuff coming down the, the pipeline but at the end of the day if, uh, people just don't understand it or don't understand how it's going to benefit them or don't understand how it's compatible with what they're already using you know, not everybody wants to just have to switch out everything that they're doing. So uh, there, there's a big compatibility uh, play there, too. And so that, that stuff takes, I think, uh, somebody within an organization that can really kind of own that and, and be kind of that precision expert. Sure. A final question would just be um, thinking about... Um, <clears throat> you know in, in your mind and, and maybe you know from a company standpoint what do you see as kind of the defining characteristics of a, of a successful dealer network uh, on the precision side you know what what are attributes or or you know qualities I guess that you know you would say kind of define that uh, today you know and and you know maybe even looking at, at the future what, what's it going to require so I think it's uh, a couple of things one is a uh, willingness to to, uh, take on or, or look at new technologies. I mean, if they're going to benefit uh, your your customers, so you have to have a good pulse on your customers and what they're struggling with and what they need, and be willing to help them along on the uh, precision adoption curve. So, you know, some of it is being willing to take on some of the newer technologies because there's a there's a lot of benefits uh, to adopting you know newer stuff, be it you know, in the field computer space, software or application control. So you kind of have to be willing to uh, bring your customers along with that. Uh, and in order to do that, uh, again, it, it uh, just repeating myself, but you, you got to understand the why. Um, and you got to be able to, to train your customers and you got to be able to, to support on it. So uh, it is a commitment um, uh, on the, the dealer side to one say hey you know we're uh, we're not going to just sit back and wait we are going to adopt some of this new stuff because we realize and understand the benefits and then you also have to commit to uh, the, the training and, and the support aspect of it too I think uh, to be successful so those are I think those will be the keys going forward.
Well, thank you to each of the companies for sharing their time and perspectives at this year's National Farm Machinery Show. Those listeners who would like to see more of our coverage of the event can visit www.precisionfarmingdealer.com. And once again, if you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to this podcast series in iTunes or the Google Play Store to get an alert when upcoming episodes are released. Again, we'd like to recognize and thank our sponsor, Farmer's Edge, for helping make this Precision Farming Dealer podcast series possible. I certainly look forward to your feedback on today's program, so feel free to drop me an email at jzemlicka at lessitermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2441. And another reminder to mark your calendar for the upcoming Dealership Minds Summit on August 1st and 2nd in Omaha. The theme of this dealer-only event is Roadmap to Mastering Equipment Remarketing and will feature a mix of general sessions, panel presentations, and roundtable discussions. Space is limited, and you can visit www.dealershipmindsummit.com for more information and summit updates. And you can also keep up on the latest precision farming news impacting your dealership by registering online for our free e-newsletter. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at PFD Editors and on our Precision Farming Dealer Facebook page. Well, I hope that you'll join us again on March 8th for the next episode in our 2017 podcast series. And be sure to look for continuing coverage of our 2017 Precision Farming Dealer Summit event throughout the coming year. For those companies we visited with at the National Farm Machinery Show, Farmer's Edge, and our entire staff here at Precision Farming Dealer, I'm Jack Semlicka. Thanks for listening.